In this episode, we speak with Michael Revito, the president of Level Home and Dwello. Level is redefining the smart home experience with revolutionary, award-winning smart access products. With the addition of Dwello, Level now offers integrated hardware and software solutions for all residential properties. The company is backed by Walmart, Cox Communications, Lennar Corporation, and other notable investors. Prior to Dwello, Michael was the general manager of Infisense, where he led the conceptualization and development of an IoT solution for energy efficiency measurement and verification. I'm your host, RJ Lumba. We hope you enjoy the show. Mike, thank you so much for taking the time to chat with us today. It's a delight to be with you. Where I'd like to start is tell us a little bit about your entrepreneurial journey, your predecessor company into your current company, and then we'll chat from there. Yeah, thanks for having me. Excited to be here. It's an interesting question. Just this morning, I was, was talking with my wife about my being a serial entrepreneur, selling candy in elementary school. It started early. But for me, I guess it started in earnest as a professional when I was working at a boutique energy efficiency consulting firm and had always kind of wanted to get into entrepreneurship and start my own thing. And while I was there to try and keep me, you know, they let me start up a company within the company that has now spun out and it's been called InfoSense. But at the time, it was really an internal project and it wasn't quite what I was looking for. But it gave me some exposure to trying to stand something up from nothing. Uh, gave me some exposure to IoT, Internet of Things. We were doing measurement and verification of energy savings using remote sensors. And so I learned a ton from that. But to scratch that itch, I wanted to look outside. And I said, I'm going to go out and start a smart home company. And the interesting thing about me is this has happened now kind of twice, first with Dwello and now with Level Home. I actually didn't start. I wasn't a founder of Dwello. I joined very early on. I met up with David Beanfield and Eric Wood, who had just founded the company. And I'd been sort of thrashing about for months nights and weekends trying to start a smart home company. This was back in 2014. And it's a challenging space to crack into. But what the insight they had come to, because Eric was managing apartments with his wife, was that there was an opportunity in the multifamily space. And when I saw what they had already built and where they were headed, I said, I got to weasel my way onto this team. These guys are onto something. And it was true. They were onto something. And things happened. And I became CEO over the next couple of years. And sort of fast forward, we got traction. Now we're doing tens of millions of dollars in revenue. And I have all these customers and have really scaled things. And we came across uh, Level Home at a moment in our life cycle as a company where we were saying, hey, you know, this market is really heating up. We've got to do something big. We need to raise a lot of money or make some kind of play to, to help give us more scale and help differentiate and do all these kinds of things. We bumped into Level Home, who is a smart hardware manufacturer. Dwello is sort of stitching together third-party hardware and providing software and services and, and level home, you know, the best smart lock in industry and bumped into these guys and thought, wow, this would really make sense together. They've got an excellent team here in Silicon Valley, world-class engineers, ex-Apple guys, John Martin, Ken Godo. Again, two guys who had founded a company. Now I'm sort of hitching up with them. And so we decided to combine the companies. This happened late last year. And so now we're we have this much broader mandate. We're still on that entrepreneurial journey. We still consider ourselves a startup, obviously bigger scale, more markets and so on and so forth. So it's kind of funny. I've come into two companies now with two, each of them having two co-founders. And so now it's actually becoming a pattern of me <laughs> joining up on somebody else's mission and taking a key leadership role now, president of the company. Interesting backers in that they're well-known names, Walmart and Cox and others. How does that play into kind of the vision of what level home can become? Yeah, it's interesting because 
What was so exciting about the combination is at Duello, we had and we have been creating experiences for a business for their customers. So in this case, the business is the owner of apartment buildings, right? So we are a provider of smart apartments that enables these owners to provide a smart home to residents to increase operational efficiency, to achieve a variety of strategic goals for their business using smart technology. And it's just too complicated for them to do themselves. These are large-scale apartment owners, mind you. I mean, these aren't mom and pop, 200, 300, 400 unit buildings owned by people who own 10,000, 20,000 units. They theoretically have the scale, but there's just too much complication and friction and they don't want to deal with it. So we're sort of providing IoT you know, as a service, this smart tech platform to enable them to do that. And what Level Home was seeing is that folks like Walmart were interested in doing something similar. They wanted to create experiences for their customers. They wanted to achieve strategic objectives using smart technology. In this case, Walmart is doing in-home delivery. Their in-home delivery program is a major strategic initiative for them. We have partnerships. Lennar is also an investor. They have strategic needs. And then Cox has strategic needs, both in their multifamily and single-family domains around smart technology, things that they could do themselves, but it's not really a core part of the business. They want to partner up with a best of breed. And so by bringing Level Home and Dwello together, we're doing that same thing in a variety of contexts now where we are, you know, Level is a consumer company for sure. You can go on, buy the lock. It's a phenomenal lock. The suite of products there that are truly best in class and unique. But now we've married that with software and service at an enterprise level to be able to work with these commercial partners who want to leverage that technology to achieve these strategic aims that they have and also want to be associated with an exciting brand like Level Home as well. Now, it seems like you know what, the premise of our podcast is really talking about growth and building companies and, and along with that, taking in investor capital. We talked about who your investors are and the kind of strategic reasons behind that. Other kind of non-obvious ways in which your investors have provided value to you. You know, obviously there's the financial capital, there's the elements of the kind of commercial partnership. Are there other ways in which they've kind of helped either think about or even execute on the scaling of level? Yeah, I mean, for sure. And everyone's a little bit different. And even at Duello, it's interesting because the pattern here at Level and at Duello is, you know, independently fundraised and then have fundraised together as a merged entity. And every time there's been a strategic involved, I mean, the cap table is full of strategics. In the case of Duello, it was commercial real estate owners, right? In the case of Level, it's these various partnerships, Cox, Walmart, Lennar. There are others as well, exciting ones. And each of them provide unique value. Sometimes it's a sandbox to try new things. It's validation of a model, whether you know an economic model, an operational model, what have you. It's the ability to scale. You know, the reach that a Cox or a Walmart has is massive compared to what we can do on our own from a distribution perspective. So, in addition to the capital, they've given us the ability to try new things, validate new things, and then scale new things through their own business dealings in a win-win-win type of way. Win for us, win for them, win for the mutual customer. And does this allow them to compete in terms of Walmart? Does this allow them to compete more effectively with Amazon? Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a critical part of their strategy of competing with Amazon. You know, Walmart has spent the last years getting closer to the customer physically, putting stores in more and more metros so that they have this sort of strategic beachhead to then go that last mile, which is not just to the front door, but into the home. The in-home delivery program is really interesting and unique in that it's 
people, their grocery delivery, they're putting the perishables in your fridge. If you have something that you bought online or bought in store at Walmart and you want to return, you just put return on it, you leave it by the door and they pick it up and take it out on the way out. And because these are local stores, in effect, now that I forget the stat, but some astounding percentage of Americans now live within like 25 miles of a Walmart. These are people who, in theory, are from your neighborhood, from your town. And there's a little less of a stigma versus unknown delivery drivers, so on and so forth. But the critical sort of hurdle for them was getting access experience that was secure, easily retrofitted, reliable, technologically very slick and easy to use and could be embedded into their workflows. Not to mention all the service that wraps around that to ensure, hey, if something goes wrong, how do you do it? And the level lock was uniquely positioned to kind of solve this pain point in that overall strategic thrust and do it in a way that's better than any other smart lock out there, which is what's been happening. And they're seeing better retention for their in-home delivery for those homes using Level than they are for competing smart locks because Level provides a superior smart technology experience, not just for the delivery agent, but for the homeowner as well, right? Because now you're dealing with multiple stakeholders. And this is a pattern, again, that we've seen where we're trying to achieve these strategic aims for folks like Walmart. It's the same in multifamily too, where you're dealing with multiple stakeholders. You have the owner who's really your customer, who's the equivalent of Walmart here, but then you have managers and you have residents and people who need to interact with this technology to help achieve those aims. And, and at Duello, we've always taken the mantra of this holistic experience of ensuring that you're designing for everybody, ensuring that you're designing for the entirety of the experience. It's not just a widget, right? It's a product experience. And that's sort of deeply embedded in both of our cultures in different ways. For Duello, it was more service-oriented. For Level, it was more product-oriented. And we're bringing that together and the combination of which is enabling these folks to achieve big strategic aims for them that they wouldn't be able to do on their own, as in the case of Walmart, where they just can't get in the door unless you have a smart lock. Right. So obviously this is about, you know, security, efficiency, trust. So walk us through the other technology that plays into making that experience possible. If one is able to, you know, be a trusted person to get into, speaking of the delivery person, get into the home, what are the other elements that ensure it's kind of a safe experience for the homeowner. Yeah, for sure. And, and I think the Walmart component is interesting and, and unique and uh, happy to answer that. There's some interesting things also in the multifamily space and some of these other partnerships as well. But in the case of Walmart, they wear body camps, right? That's That was a critical observation for them. I think a difference from the Amazon Key program, which has had you know fits and starts success in various components. But the Walmart, they're bringing the lock, installing, right? They're wearing the body cam so that you, you can see the footage of what this person is doing and the people are from the environment that you're living in. And so all these things combined. Additionally, the nature of the smart lock, the level lock, we have launched a, a keypad. You can check it out. It just came out a month ago, a very sexy, sleek accessory that can go with this for folks who want that flexibility and sort of access paradigm. Usually, or the core functionality of the level lock is actually it's phone-based, right? So that is is more secure and it's perceived to be more secure by homeowners because there's not this four-digit pin that's just floating out that the delivery driver could give to their friend or anything like that. The, the access to the lock is actually embedded in the Walmart delivery app and it is time boxed and it's specific to a person and specific to a phone. So there's a lot more sort of control over that access and that gives people comfort. So it's a layering of all these things. Who is it? How are they getting in? 
And then the sort of backdrop of knowing that there's a record, a recording of what they were doing when they were there that has built up enough trust to make that happen. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And you had started out or still do service kind of multifamily. You know, there's this rising tide of single family homes being built for rent. So build for rent. Is that kind of, has that been a tailwind for the company as well? Or is it still early days? Yeah. Rental housing in general has some winds at its back. There's not enough housing in this country for folks who need and want it. It's driving up rents, it's driving investment into the market, not single family uh, rentals is sort of a new boomlet. Multifamily has been on a tear for like a decade and no end in sight really because it's constrained. So in that context, it's important that you, you know, especially in single family where the houses are distributed, it's important that you get, and also in an environment where labor is tough to come by, it's important that you squeeze all the operational efficiencies that you can out of the building. So in single family distributed rentals, this is extra critical because you don't usually have people on site. A lot of the multifamily partners we work with have, you know, dedicated maintenance person on site or at least servicing a couple of buildings. And we're able to help get them leverage on those people by giving them remote access, right? So maybe they don't need to go in and let the third-party vendor, the specialist, plumber, or whomever, that we can just give them remote access so that the maintenance person doesn't show up and sort of open up with a key. Or even when it is the maintenance person themselves, they don't need to spend time going back to a key track machine, pulling the key for a given unit, which in a single-family context or any large multifamily context might be a mile away, right? Our multifamily partners are reporting hundreds of hours of man hour savings per year just from not having to pull keys. And then it goes beyond that to, you know, we're not just a lock and an access company, although that is sort of core to what we do. We have smart thermostats that enable them to save energy in vacant units without having to go to the unit to turn things off every night when the unit is vacant and they've done showings for the day. So you can see how these sort of operational things, you know, leak sensors helping them see when there's a problem or temperatures are going awry, giving them visibility enables them to operate more efficiently from a cost perspective, from a labor perspective, from an energy perspective, on top of the top line expansion of revenue from having a more attractive product because the resident is also experiencing a benefit. The resident comes in and says, wow, this is really exciting. This place has a smart thermostat, smart lock, all these things that I will get to benefit from. Mentally, it's sort of part of the entire package, just like a granite countertop might be. That's going to enable them to pay a little bit more for that unit than they otherwise would have. We're coming up on time, and I typically like to ask a couple of questions to end with. More on the personal front, one is, could you tell us about a leader, and it could be across any domain, a leader that you think particularly has done his or her job well and, and has kind of some of the characteristics that you, you try to emulate? That's a great question. I'm trying to think of the name of the person now as well as the book. There's a book on management from Andy Grove, who wrote a book on management from his time at Intel. And that has always served me really well. And what's interesting about him is he clearly is bringing an engineer's mindset to personnel issues and opportunities when it comes to management, which I've always appreciated because he broke it down into a bit of a science. It's uh, high output management. And it's all these learnings from his time running Intel. And it breaks it down into a bit of a science. And I recommend it internally at our company whenever we have a new manager coming on and they need training and they need help. And they're sort of getting over that hump of moving from being an IC to being a manager. 
high output management is a book and a leadership style that I've personally gravitated towards and I recommend for others. Great. Well, you answered the last question, which was about a book to recommend. I guess I can give you another one there. Also quickly Googling to get the name right here, but Carol Dweck's book on growth mindset, which I believe is just called Mindset, The New Psychology of Success. Really, it's a simple but profound observation around the way that our attitudes frame and enable us to perceive failure. And I personally found myself at times, challenging times, leading Duello and now Level with a fixed mindset, which ultimately what that does is when something bad happens to you, when you make a mistake, when you fail, when things aren't going your way, uh, if you have a fixed mindset, you take it personally. You think, oh, I'm a smart person. This shouldn't be happening. This only happens to dumb people, right? And so you deflect and your ego is trying to protect itself and it's not healthy and productive. It's just wasted energy. When you have a growth mindset, you look at failure as an opportunity to learn, to do better. And don't take it personally because we're always growing and we're not smart people or dumb people. We're just people on a journey of learning. And I found it really, really profound in that it's a quite simple idea, but it can change the way you look at things and lead to a much less stressful engagement with failure and challenges. And it's also really great for raising children. (laughs) I agree wholeheartedly with that. Well, Mike, thank you again for taking the time. Very helpful insights you provided. I know our audience will enjoy this conversation. Thank you. Excellent. Thanks, RJ. 